Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to a Monday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. As always, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a new BetMGM deal for you. It seems like every other week we have a new really good deal that you all should take advantage of. But joining me, as always... My co-host, some Cliffy. How's your weekend, Cliffy? Uh, not too bad. Um, did some Christmas shopping, put up some Christmas decorations. Uh, cashed on Saturday night, um, which was uh, pretty nice, um, even though Evan Bouchard kind of laid a little egg for us. Watched uh, Minnesota-Dallas yesterday, um, 4-1 going into the third period. Minnesota scores... Within the first minute, so it's 5-1. I'm like, all right, this game is over. I'm going to go watch some football. So I throw in one of the football games. Then I check the scores a little bit later. Dallas scored four goals in 10 minutes to tie it up 5-5. Pretty wild game yesterday. Uh, No pun intended between Minnesota and Dallas. Um, I don't know, man. Minnesota is a pretty good defensive team, but it seems like the Dallas Stars are pretty much just scoring at will against everybody. Now, Dallas isn't on the slate tonight, mercifully. Um, no big decisions to make in that regard, but uh, it seems like they're one forward away from being just a really, really dangerous team. Like Tyler Sagan just seems like he hasn't found that, that gear that he needs to hit, um, certainly not since those hip surgeries a couple years ago. If they can find somebody that can play with Mason Marchment there on the second line, um, I think they got three lines that can score. Maybe the best line in hockey, Jake Ottinger and Ned. Like, I don't know, man. They look like an absolute wagon to me. Yeah, and if Connor McDavid didn't exist, Jason Robertson would probably be the front runner for the heart. My man doesn't get enough recognition. I mean, he he might be anyway because it's not like it's not as if the Oilers are having a very good season, and a lot of writers tend to weigh. Um, the regular season performance of the team. Like if the Oilers don't make the playoffs, I don't think McDavid's going to win the heart unless he puts up like 140 points or something like that. I think they'll probably find a way to sneak in. They usually do, but if they don't make playoffs, I bet he finishes like third in voting or something like that. It it would be nice to see Robertson win. You don't see a lot of defensemen or a lot of wingers typically win the heart trophy. Usually it's, it's centers. Um, so it would be nice to have something a little bit different. Um, let's see if they can keep up the pace that they put up through the first third of the season here. Yeah, I don't know the Stars cap situation, but there is a player on tonight's slate that would look good on the second line, Brock Besser. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're a little tight against the cap. That's why Anton Hudobin's down in the AHL um, <laughs> as it is. So um, maybe a little tight, but uh, yeah, just one forward away. I think um, they look really good. Yeah. Anyway, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, we are all available on podcast forms except for Live Before Lock. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. You know what to do in those reviews. I don't have to tell you anymore. Players, coach, you guys know what to do. Six Gamer. This is actually a pretty spicy one. If we're being honest, there are some... Injury, sickness, news. There are some good goalies. There's some powerhouses. There's some line changes. Got it all. We'll try to navigate you guys the best we can. Let's uh, get right into it. The Vegas Golden Knights with a 2.6 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.4. Logan Thompson, Jeremy Swayman, probable. Now, Jack Eichel is sick. He was at morning skate. He is considered a game-time decision, which obviously – Means we won't know until warm up. 
the fact that he's at morning skate, I guess he's trending towards playing, but it's just not definitive. Bruins going back with their lines here. Um, like it with the Eichel question mark. Well, anyway, they don't have a very big road total anyway. This is a tough matchup with the Eichel question mark. It kind of takes me out a fair bit on Vegas. And I do like the Boston side, which isn't getting much ownership because Edmonton and their wildly high projection is getting a lot. So do you like Boston tonight as well? Yeah, I I mean, it's tough to say until – I mean, it's not tough to say until Eichel gets in on the Vegas side. I don't think I would be interested, at least in the Vegas top line, whether Eichel's there or not. Like, I'd be kind of interested to see Nick Roy move up um, just to see how he can play there just because I think he's kind of an underappreciated bottom six player. I'd like to see him play with um, better offensive line mates, just better line mates in general, um, game in and game out, but – it, it, whether Eichel's there, whether Roy's there, whether somebody else plays there, I don't think I have any interest uh, in the Vegas top line. Um, on Saturday, we talked about just how good uh, Boston has been at home this year. I mean, they haven't lost a game at home, uh, first of all. Um, but just going into that, again, going into that Patrice Bergeron matchup uh, is just absolutely brutal for the opposition. Um, that Boston top line, Marchand came back. 1.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes of 5 5 0.5 goals against per 60 minutes at five on five. Like they're just not giving up anything. Um, the Vegas top line, as we've talked about, they were really, really good for six or eight games or something like that. But their offensive numbers um, have been sliding a little bit as well. So even if Eichel was there, I think um, I would probably, I would definitely be passing at least on Vegas one. Vegas two, I think is a little bit more of an interesting proposition. And the reason for that is, yeah, like all the Boston lines are good defensively. Boston's just, you know, probably the best defensive team in hockey. Um, but the Boston second line is struggling offensively as well. So if, you know, that Vegas second line can have one of their top tier games, I think they can take advantage of Krejci, Zaka, and Pasternak at 5-on-5. Five five. The question is, is like, do they do enough to be one of the top stacks on the slate here tonight? Or do they go out and maybe get a goal, maybe two goals um, if they're really lucky? Like that's kind of the problem here is I, I don't think it's necessarily a brutal matchup for that Vegas second line who have been very, very good um, of late. Their last three weeks, three, three and a half goals scored per 60 minutes. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau has been shooting a lot, particularly on the power play, but Boston has a great penalty kill. So you're really relying on them to get there at five on five. Like, are they going to get three goals against Boston at five on five? It just feels like it's asking a lot. So I'm probably out on Vegas entirely. Um, well, the question with Boston always comes down to playing the top line and what to do with David Pasternak, right? Um, you know, we talked about on the last show how the Boston top line really doesn't score nearly as much without David Pasternak there. I think you're seeing that so far this season. Um, 1.7 goals for per 60 minutes for that Boston top line of Marchand, Bergeron, and DeBrusque. Now, it's a little bit of a shooting percentage issue, but again, that's something we talked about on the last show. They score a lot less without David Pasternak, which makes sense. It's like he's one of the you know, three or four best scoring wingers in hockey, um, but it does take a lot of bite out of their offense uh, at five on five, and Vegas's defense you know, has still been pretty good. The the offense has struggled a little bit. The defense has still been really good. So uh, the other problem is Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties. Um, one of the least penalized teams in the league, only 2.5 times shorthanded per game. I think it's second lowest next to only St. Louis. So if Boston only gets like a couple power play opportunities and it's a pretty bad, you know, pretty tough five on five matchup, you know, do they score enough to pay off, you know, over 20K for just the top line, um, you know, approaching what, like 24,000 um, if you take off the brusque and put in Pasternak. So, um, you know, I, 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 I or 23,000, sorry. So I don't know if Boston's top line is necessarily at the top of my list uh, to play here tonight, but the ownership is very, very reasonable. And it's still a 3.4 total. It's the third highest total on the slate here tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Like they're expecting a lot of goals here. 
I don't think, you know, this isn't a team like New Jersey where you can expect, you know, maybe a lot of goals from the third lines or fourth lines or something like that. So I think, you know, they'd definitely be concentrated at the top of the lineup. I think the ownership is just fine. I think you can take out the brass, put in past and act like I don't mind playing Boston one here tonight. I just don't know if I'm going to get to them personally in the lineups um, that I'm going to be looking to make. But um, it just seems like a tough matchup that that top line for Vegas has been good defensively. Like I said, they don't take um, a lot of penalties. Now the penalty kill has been struggling a little bit of late. Um, I just don't know if uh, like Boston scores enough here tonight. Um, to really, you know, make them one of the top um, stacks on the night. But given that their ownership should be, you know, mid-single digits, I'm not going to say it's a bad play to play them. I think it's perfectly fine. I just don't know if it's the direction I'm going to be going in on this one. Yeah, I think it's more of like a 20 max type play. Like if you're coming in at 7% and you go 3 at 20, you're going to have double the field. You know what I mean? It's not going to take much to get over on an elite line here. Uh, I, I would imagine – if at like 630 Eichel's not on the ice, like no matter, no matter, like it doesn't really change much for Boston one, but like seeing Eichel out, I think that might bump the Boston top lines ownership a bit, but like not to the point where three of 24, 20 is going to get you way over the field. You still will. I think one offing Pasternak is perfectly fine as well. I just, you know, we have to wait and see on Eichel. I do agree with Nick Roy moving up to the top line. If he's out, he, you know, he had a couple good power play games last year. Not that this is the best power play spot, but we'll see. On the blue line here, um, I guess like Alec Martinez is kind of getting into a price range where you can play him. He's kind of in no man's land, 4,600 on DraftKings. We'll have to see what the pairs are because like sometimes in the past few games, we saw Miramanov up on the top pair. We saw Nick Haig up on the top pair, like. White Cloud was up there. Like whoever's in the top four between White Cloud, Haig, and Miramanov, I think is a fine punt. On the Boston side, not too much, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that Martinez is down at 4,600, I think that's a lot more reasonable. Um, he, he hasn't been having those massive block shots games. Like there's a lot of games <laughs> this season where he has like seven, eight, nine block shots. He hasn't done that in a little while, so maybe um, that's you know that's why his price is adjusting. He has had four straight games in single-digit um, DraftKings points, so um, yeah, like I'm I don't think Martinez is bad because it seems like there's a reasonable chance um, he sees good shot volume here tonight with Alex Petrangelo. Like Martinez might end up playing 21, 22 minutes or something like that. Um, Brave McNabb is kind of the guy that's uh, interesting me little is interesting me a little bit here uh, tonight. He's a guy that can also put up some blocks. He's over two blocks per game on the season. He's been over 20 minutes um, in three straight games, um, played 22, 24 minutes in his last couple without Petrangelo. So I do like McNabb uh, at 3,500 um, on DK. I think that's a pretty good price for him. Um, I think he's a little too expensive on FanDuel. He's over 5K on FanDuel. Um I, considering the lack of offensive upside, I think he, you can pass on him there. But on DraftKings, I think he's just fine. On the Boston side, like there really isn't a lot being uh, given for peripherals from both Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. Like I know McAvoy had that six block game um, pretty recently, um, and he has a six shot game. Uh, this you know, in his 10 games since returning from injury as well, but he hasn't had more than three shots in any other game besides that. So it's like, can, you know, can he get a goal and an assist here? Can he get, a, you know, two assists and a block bonus with a few shots? It's like, yeah, you can do that. It's a pretty tough matchup. Um, I, I don't think you have to play either McAvoy or Lindholm. Um, I'm not going to say that they're necessarily bad plays. I would probably try to find the money to play McAvoy over Lindholm um, if that were the case. Uh, one guy I might look to is Brandon Carlo. Like I just always play him when he's, when he's super cheap, when he's priced down where he is on DraftKings because he's a guy that can absolutely get the block bonus in, you know, 19, 20 minutes of ice time. So I guess I don't mind Carlo here. Um, I think McNabb is my favorite defenseman uh, among all of them though. Yeah. I uh, agree there. I did have some interest in Linus Olmark, but if it is Swayman, I'm not sure what I want to do with Swayman here. Any interest in either of these goalies? I'm pretty sure it's um, Allmark starting tonight. Um, okay, because in the lineup builder it, this morning it was Allmark, and for some reason it switched over to Swayman. 
Yeah, I, I noticed Swayman or Allmark was uh, first. Uh, I think they said he was first off the ice at morning skate, but that you know they didn't confirm that he'd be the goalie. Yeah, if it's if it's Allmark, I do have interest in Allmark. He'd be one of my favorite goalies on the slate. If it's Swayman, for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I think he's still fine, but I would probably at least start entertaining some uh, other um, goaltenders. But yeah, if it's all Mark, he'd be one of my you know two or three favorite goalies here tonight. Agreed there. Let's move on to the next one. St. Louis Blues, 2.4 total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.1. Jordan Bennington, Igor, probable. Don't know. I, I don't know if the – I missed Ranger skate this morning if they did skate. I don't know if Heedle's back in or not. I don't know. No, if he's is. still day-to-day. Yeah, he's still day-to-day. So, Barkley Goodrow will be the third-line center with Lafreniere and Kako. Yeah. Trocek <clears throat> with Panarin and Kratzoff, top line status quo. Now, Rangers have – are kind of lacking on the power play. They still have a very good power play. Blues don't take many penalties, but their penalty kill is pretty bad. Like that second line of Panarin, Trocek, Kratzoff, like I I don't mind that. Don't mind the top line. I just I don't know. Like I I don't know. What do you do with the Rangers tonight? <laughs> You seem a little bit flustered over well, I'm, there. I'm conflicted on what to do with the Rangers because, like, I like the matchup, but, like, they're kind of reliant on the power play, and the Blues don't take too many penalties. Yeah. Um, the Rangers have certainly been struggling a little bit um, offensively, It's which is kind of funny because remember, like, the first four or five games of the season, it seems like um, either the first or the second line was having a three-goal game. Um, every single game, um, the Rangers actually, I, I think they helped me win uh, a small GPP earlier in the season, but, um, it's been pretty bad since. In fact, we were talking about it on our discord about all the shooting percentage problems, um, that the team is having, like all of Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, um, and Alexis, uh, Alexis Lafreniere, um, are seeing, uh, shooting percentages much, much lower than their three-year averages heading into this year. And especially Lafreniere, um, where he was so efficient in scoring in his first couple seasons in the limited ice time he has. He's shooting like under 6% this season. Um, you know, we talked about how if they're top stars, if those guys were all shooting around their career averages, um, the Rangers would go from 21st in the league um, in goals per game to 6th. Like that's that's the kind of the margin that the Rangers are working with here is that it's not that they're not generating offense. It's that the shots that they're getting are converting into goals like they were, um, you know, last year, the year before or something like that. So I have to believe that they're going to turn it around eventually. Um, they're it's still a really, really talented forward group. I know there's a couple guys um, injured and missing or whatever, but. Um, you know, we talked about it uh, on the last show. Even Jimmy Vesey's fitting in pretty well uh, on that top line with Kreider and Zibanejad, which has helped them spread out uh, their wingers uh, across three lines. So I do think the the Rangers, uh, you know, turned around eventually. It's just a matter of when it happens. And you just got to kind of hope, you know, the old tin cup play. Um, just keep playing them until, it, until they either come through or, or you fail. But um, it's a, I agree with you. This is a pretty good matchup, uh, for the Rangers at home. Uh, the blues, um, mixed up their lines a little bit. They put Jordan Cairo, uh, and Braden Shen on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, looks like they're going to keep a second line, um, of Buchnevich, Thomas and Tarasenko. Now on Saturday's show, we talked about how, uh, Buchnevich, uh, Thomas and Tarasenko were not a very good defensive line. Um, and they didn't have a very good defensive game um, on Saturday. Uh, that you know that matchup definitely worked out in favor of DFS players if you were betting against them. Um, so that St. Louis Blues second line is probably 
you know, the I'll call it the Thomas line, whether it's the first or second line, I'll let people, you know, debate that. But the Thomas line, not very good defensively, 3.3 expected goals against, 3.4 actual goals against uh, in their time together over the last couple seasons. So, um, you know, good offensively, but certainly give it up uh, in their own end. The top line is, uh, the O'Reilly line is what's kind of interesting to me here because O'Reilly and Saad and Josh Levo had actually been playing pretty well together. Um, but they moved Saad and Levo down the lineup. They put Shen and Kairou on the top line. Um, we've talked about it a couple times this season, but Shen and Kairou typically have pretty bad defensive numbers together. Um, and that's, that kind of extends to even playing with Ryan O'Reilly. Like I was looking at just bring Shen and Ryan O'Reilly over the last couple of years. They haven't played a lot together, but 65 minutes together, 3.4 expected goals against, which is just, you know, almost unfathomable for a line with Ryan O'Reilly on it. Who's been one of the best uh, two-way centers in the league for like a decade now. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with Jordan Cairo and Ryan O'Reilly, like a little bit better, but still just about break even by expected goals share. Um, well underwater by expected goals against. Like, these might be two pretty bad defensive lines for the St. Louis Blues. Now, I think they'll also be two very good offensive lines, um, but they will, it, like, I think they will be trading chances. And if you start trading chances with Kreider and Zibanejad and Panarin and Trocek and all those guys, um, especially with Jordan Bennington and Ned, I can't believe he didn't get a, a at least a talking to after what he did in the last game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, Bennington's, you know, focusing on hitting players rather than saving the puck. It could be a pretty bad night for him. Like, I think those are that top six is a pretty good matchup uh, for the Rangers. So I do like the Rangers side here. Um, Kreider's advantage at VC. Like I said, been playing really, really well together. 110 minutes uh, since VC got moved onto that line. 4.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 2.4 against scoring four goals per 60 minutes. Like, not only are they generating, but they're also scoring, which is, you know, pretty wild uh, for how, you know, poor this Rangers team has been offensively for, you know, about six weeks now. Um, and the thing is, they're scoring four goals per 60 minutes just because they're generating so many shots. They're only shooting 8%, which is not really that good. Um, but they're still scoring a ton because they create so many shots. Like, Kreider's been shooting a lot of five-on-five. VC's um, certainly been shooting a lot of five-on-five. Um, I think it's a pretty good uh, five-on-five matchup for the Rangers. So I do like that Rangers top line. And, I mean, they're coming in with a total projection of 35 points, 35.4 DK points. That's more than the Boston top line that we have. So I think it's a pretty good matchup uh, for uh, that Rangers top line with the way the Blues have constructed their lines. You're right, St. Louis doesn't take many penalties, only 2.3 um, per game time shorthanded this season, but they've had arguably the worst penalty kill in the league since Halloween. Um, you know, the Rangers have been struggling at times on the power play, but they this is a team that doesn't need a lot of chances to, to get at least one, if not two power play goals. So I do like the Rangers top line here. Um, Crider's advantage at BC. Um, they're certainly uh, in play for me uh, on this slate. They'd be one of my favorite top lines on this slate. You know, the ownership is coming in in check, you know, about 9% per top stacks on DraftKings. Um, you know, that's certainly fine for a six-game slate, a little bit lower on FanDuel uh, because they are a little bit more expensive. But I do like that line here tonight. I think Rangers, too, perfectly acceptable as well. Panarin craps off um, and Trocek. You get two out of the three on the top power play. And Panarin's even been shooting a little bit more, 15 shots in his last five games. Both he and Trocek do like to shoot or have been shooting on the power play at least. So I think both Rangers top lines are perfectly fine here. Um, you know, they're at different price points on both sites. So uh, with that Rangers second line being cheaper, they'll probably be higher owned. But um, I think both lines are fine. I do like Spanish Jack Kreider and VC a little bit more. Uh, we've seen more out of them. Um, I think it's not a bad matchup um, for either line. But I think Kreider, Spanish Jack, and VC is the way that I'd be looking here. Um I think it's a sneaky good matchup against the St. Louis team that's assembling its lines in a way that looks like they don't really care about defense at five on five. Yeah. And Bennington quite the head case in that, like he's just an absolute clown, but that's, you know, for another time on the blue lines here. Um, 
I think this is a good spot for Fox, but like the the thing is like you just don't know how many penalties the Blues are going to take. Could be one or two, could be four or five. Like if it's four or five, like if the Blues took a, more penalties, I'd be way more interested in Fox here tonight. Um, DFS purposes, Truba's fine. He's having an awful season for real hockey with the Rangers, but for DFS, I think he's fine tonight. Conjure Miller also at twenty nine hundred is fine. On the Blues side, on DraftKings, I'm probably not interested in anything if anything uh, Colton Pareko maybe yeah Truba's interesting because you're right he's not been playing that well um and it's costing him ice time because of it like he has he's typically a guy um you know since he got to New York you could typically rely on him for like 21 22 minutes a game he's had some like 18 19 minute games i think of late which is a little bit of a problem for a guy that relies on peripherals um you'd like to have more minutes for him to rack up those shots and blocks so like i think truba's fine but i'm worried that eventually the bottom's just going to fall out completely and you know Keandre miller is going to play 24 minutes a game and, and truba's going to play like 17 or 18 or something like that that's that's kind of my only concern there um yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a pretty good spot for Fox. Like, if the power play can get there, even in limited chances, he's probably going to be involved. Um, he's been quietly pretty excellent um, this season. I think the fact that the Rangers are struggling kind of overshadowed the fact that he's just having a really, really good season. So, yeah, I do like Fox here tonight. I agree with you. On the blue side, like, uh, Tory Krug at 3,800 is just – it's enticing – because that Blues power play unit with Thomas Tarasenko on it um, has been fine. Krug's actually been shooting the puck a little bit of late, which is something he doesn't normally do, but it, it, it helps with his peripherals. Like, I think he's fine um, for his price, but I think the, like, you know, it seems obvious, but I think the guy that I really like in this game more than anything um, is Adam Fox. Yeah, Pareko's fine, but I think I'd rather play him on FanDuel, where he's only like 3,600 or something like that, so... Pareko on FanDuel for me, um, Adam Fox, just in general. I think, yeah, you're right. This is a decent matchup for him. Igor, your guy tonight? Always Igor. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm playing him for sure, but he's probably one of the like the three goalies that I'm considering uh, for my lineups here tonight. Yeah. Agreed there. I'm assuming no interest in uh, Bennington. Uh, no. Yeah. Neither. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a deal that – You've heard about before, and it's back. If you missed out on the World Cup deal, you, you can get this deal. You can get a BetMGM risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two free months of Stochastic Platinum. If your risk-free bet loses, you'll get a refund in you know site credits, right? So if you bet $1,000 on the Blues and they lose, you'll get $1,000 you know, in risk-free bets. What you got to do is create a stochastic membership using the form below. Log in if you have one. Most of you guys already have one. Click the large BetMGM button that appears after registering or logging in. Then you got to complete the steps with BetMGM, like making an account, easy stuff. Deposit at least $10. Make your first bet. And once your bet settles, you qualify for the stochastic subscription. After you completed those steps, you'll receive an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Click the link in the description for more details to sign up. This is a very, very good offer. Uh, I know I've said if you need help with it, you can DM me. I've had a bunch of people the last time this offer was up DM me. We've worked out the kinks. Very, very good deal. So please click the link in the description and sign up. Colorado Avalanche, 3.2 total. Heading into Philadelphia, the Flyers have a 2.4. Yorgiev. Carter Hart confirmed. Avs are a big mess here. Let Artemi Lekkinen got hurt. He is out tonight. Uh, Nishushkin's still out. Landeskog still out. So that Jean-Luc Foudy, he's out too. Jean-Luc Foudy is still out. So here's Evan Rodriguez out. is out. Evan Rodriguez is out. Alex Galchenyuk just got waived while we were on the show. Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going back to the AHL. So, so. They, they did say that Ranton was going to be on a line with Alex Newhook and Charles Houdon. I don't know who's who McKinnon's going to play with. I don't know who's left. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Martin Kaut's still hurt, right? Yeah. So McKinnon might be playing with like 
Kel McCarr on his wing. Who knows? Like it, it might be something like Comfort McKinnon, Logan O'Connor, or something like that. Like they, 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 they might have to break up that Logan O'Connor Comfort line because there's literally just the one left on the roster. Like from watching Rangers games last season, Dryden Hunt. Like he's not a top six guy, but if you put him in there for a game or two, he can he can hang, I guess. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dryden Hunt up there. But anyway. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100. And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Avs are an absolute mess here. They, <laughs> they, they still have a 3.2 total. That's how bad the Flyers are. I, I guess, like with these lines, like you have to have some interest in the Flyers, right? Uh, yeah, um, that's something um, that's one of the first things I mentioned when I hopped in Discord this morning at like, I don't know, 9 a.m. Eastern or whatever it was, was um, who's playing Travis Konechny tonight? Because like Colorado, they haven't been that good since their injuries hit. Like, I don't think it's I think we expected them to take like maybe a little bit of a step back um, coming into the season. They lost Nazem Kadri. Gabriel Landeskog was going to start the season on the injured reserve. Um, but yeah, now the injuries are really piling up. So, um, you know, with Landis Gog, um, Evan Rodriguez and Valerie Natushkin out, there's your entire second line. Um, Arturi Lekanen, there's, uh, you know, one of your wingers on the top line. Um, they're just missing a ton of players right now. And, you know, we talked on the last show how, you know, Colorado's middle six had actually been playing pretty well since the injury started, specifically that Cogliano Comfer. Logan O'Connor line, 170 minutes together, which off the top of my head would be about 14 games, 15 games worth of ice time. 1.8 expected goals against, 0.7 actual goals against. Those are Boston top line numbers defensively. Now, offensively, no, not, not in the same category, obviously, but really, really good defensively. It was just the top line that was struggling a lot. Lekkinen, uh, McKinnon, and Rantanen were somewhere around 2.8 expected goals against in their recent 100 minutes together. Um, just, I think, you know, one thing is, I think they're taking a lot of chances because they're the only line that can score. So if they weren't scoring, the team probably wasn't going to win. So they're probably having to take a lot more offensive chances. And, you know, when you're playing 23 minutes or 24 minutes a night as a forward, you probably get pretty tired too. So um, the old abs top line was not playing that well defensively. And Hayes and Konechny, you know, pretty bad defensively in their own right but at least they were um they were scoring as well 3.6 goals per 60 minutes with Hayes and Konechny on the ice this year team shooting 10.8 percent like that's perfectly reasonable at five on five so I did have interest in Hayes, Cates and Konechny I'm just wondering like you know if they put Logan O'Connor and JT Confer on the top line with McKinnon that might actually be fine defensively right so it kind of changed the equation a little bit for me but I did have interest in that Flyers top line. Hayes, like I said, Hayes and Konechny together this year, uh, 3.6 goals per 60 minutes. Travis Konechny, I was looking at some scoring chance numbers this, this season at five on five. Like amongst the top 15 forwards um, 
in scoring chance contributions. That's individual scoring chances plus uh, assists on teammate scoring chances. So he was getting very involved offensively, was probably the engine um, of the top line uh, for the Flyers. So, like, I had a lot of interest in Hayes, Cates, and Konechny, you know, perfectly correlated on the power play. And one thing, uh, one area that had been hurt in Colorado of late was the penalty kill. The penalty kill had been sliding um, with all those injuries. So I still have interest in Hayes, Cates, and Konechny. Um, They're not that expensive. Uh, the most expensive player on the line is is Travis Konechny, at least on DraftKings at 6,100. The entire line is under 15K. Um, so you can even fit them in. Uh, we'll talk about Edmonton in a little bit in their new top line. Like you can even fit them in with the Edmonton top line or the new one anyway. So, like, I do still have uh, interest in Konechny, Hayes, and Cates. If I were to leave anybody off the stack, it would probably be Cates. He just doesn't shoot that much. Um, you know, his price is fine. Uh, so he doesn't need a lot to get there um, on DK or FanDuel. But he's just not doing a lot either. Um, I think it's Konechny and Hayes that are really driving the bus there. So um, at least Hayes and Konechny, I think, are pretty good here. I think all three are perfectly acceptable. I don't know. We don't really know what the lines are going to look like, so we don't know if it's going to be a good or bad matchup at 5-on-5. Five five, but I think, you know, at least um, I, I, the, the Avalanche have been struggling offensively at 5-on-5, five five, so I think, you know, the Flyers won't be spending a ton of time in their own end. Um, it's all related to health, right? Like if the, if Colorado is perfectly healthy, this would be a completely different story. But I do like Hayes and Konechny in this game. I don't think I'll be dipping down to the second or third lines. Frost and Farabee, um, not really good numbers together. Kind of similar to Hayes and Konechny in that sense, but they're not scoring, which kind of makes sense because, you know, Frost, far from a proven NHLer at this point, Farabee, Still kind of finding his footing as a winning. Scott Lawton just came back from injury. He's not really an offensive guy anyway. Um, so I'm not really in on the Flyers' second line. You know, if you want a one-off, Owen Tippett, I, you know, I think that's something that, that, that can be done on the third line. But it's the Flyers' top line that I really have a lot of interest in in this game. I wonder what Colorado's ownership is going to look like because we were expecting a lot of ownership with Ranton and McKinnon together. Now that they're broken up, I wonder if people are less inclined to play them. I got to think, I, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I got to think that Colorado, it doesn't take long for them to eventually put McKinnon and Ranton in together, right? Like if they go down one nothing or 2 nothing in the first period, I could see McKinnon and Ranton and back on the same line together by like midway through the first. What do you think? Yeah, and I went looking for it because I, I kind of rem- like vaguely remember this happening. You can play after you get put on waivers, I think. I feel like it happened in Vancouver. I'm going to have to check on that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of who it happened with. It, it, it It's definitely happened. Um, it's definitely happened this season. Like, just because you're put on waivers doesn't mean so, you, uh, know, you can't play that night. So Galchenyuk could still yeah. play tonight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, I agree. Like, if the Avs go down in this game, you're going to see a lot of McKinnon, Ranton, and, like, Comfort together, or McKinnon, Ranton, and Newhook, McKinnon, Ranton, and – Galchenyuk, something like that, but they'll be back together. Like, it's just hard to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Newhook, Ranton, like, who don't's not in the player pool together. I mean, they are on the power play together, so you have that saving grace, but it would be shocking if McKinnon and Ranton didn't take a shift together tonight. So, like, ownership-wise, like, McKinnon and Ranton will obviously be the two highest, but, like, it could be all over the place. You can get like Rannon in at like 15% and then like new hook coming in at like four, you know what I mean? So like the flyers are bad. Yeah. The, this game is just absolutely like if, if you had to describe Monday in a hockey game, this is it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I honestly think like Confer is a good play tonight. 3,600. So like, I, I don't know. Like this, I mean, this game, who who do you think is going to be the fourth forward on the power play? Would it be would it be Newho? So I, I think it's going to be McKinnon, Ranton, and Comfort, Newhook. Like Newhook, Newhook played twenty minutes after what after Lekkinen got hurt. So, so like this is a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this it's like Monday. This is a Monday game. But anyway, let's go to the blue line. Kale McCarr probably going to be very popular tonight. Like I, I, I think you're going to see in GPPs anyway, you're going to see a bunch of 
McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr stacks if you're doing anything with Colorado. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Sam Girard played 22 minutes the other night. He's 2,700. On the flyer side, Sanheim sticks out. Provorov sticks out. Even Tony D'Angelo, under 5K now on the top power play unit. Yeah, Tony D was the guy that I had circled. Um, you know, it was kind of tough playing him at 63, 6,400. Down to 4,900 on DK. And Colorado is one of the most penalized teams in the NHL. 3.7 times shorthanded per game. Um, I think the average is 3.4. And the Colorado penalty kill has really been bailed out by their goaltending um, over the last month or so. If their goaltenders um, aren't playing, you know, right to the top of their game, I think even the Philly power play can get there. So, yeah, I do like D'Angelo. Was one of those mid-price guys tonight. Um, probably nothing else for me from the flyer side. Cause honestly, like I have concerns that the Colorado avalanche are going to generate a ton of shots tonight. So like, do I even want to play Provorov or wrist or something like that? Like, are they going to be able to rack up the blocks? So I think Tony D'Angelo is the guy that I like the most in this game, to be honest. Um, if I were to play anybody on Colorado, I'd, I'm with you. I'd find a way to play, play McCarr. Devin Tays, he's not really doing a lot. He has six shots in his last six games. Um, you know, he can get there on points, but this is a team that's been living and dying uh, by the power play, and he's not on the top power play unit. Maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe they'll put Taves and McCarr both on the top power play unit. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing here. For me, it's McCarr, D'Angelo, or just move along. Yeah, I feel like they should break up Taves and McCarr and move Taves down to, like, the second pair so he, he can use his offense. Well, that's just me talking from a DFS perspective. Maybe not the best thing for the Avs in general. Um, any interest in Yorgiev or Hart? Uh, yeah, Carter Hart's kind of interesting, but like I mentioned in our Discord, Colorado's not been a shot-happy team. 27th over the last four weeks in shot attempts per 60 minutes of five-on-five, uh, and you don't want them taking a lot of shots on the power play. So I, like, I think Hart is fine, but um, I think there's a cheap goalie elsewhere on the slate that I'd rather play. I think Georgiev's a little bit too expensive. Um, you know, Colorado's defense like I said, hasn't really been terrible. So I don't know if the Flyers generate like a ton of shots here tonight. Um, you're probably relying on him to get a shutout. I don't like 8,200 goalies on the road. So I think if I were to play one or the other, it'd be hard. Yep. Well, let's move on to another just absolute circus. Washington Capitals with a three total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.5. Charlie Lindgren, Stu Skinner. The goalies, Kyler Yamamoto was up on the top line with Drysdale and McDavid. Now the beats are just avoiding the Hyman question altogether. Apparently Hyman just had a maintenance day yesterday, but he did get sent into the boards pretty hard the last game. I would have to assume it's an upper body injury concussion. And um, I don't know if he's going to play tonight. If he doesn't, and it is Yamamoto there, makes Edmonton top line much cheaper I don't know how that affects the power play. Like if Hyman is all, is out, does it mean Yamamoto goes up to the top power play? Do we see Puliarvi up on the top power play? More questions that have not been answered. What are you doing in this game? Yeah, I I got to think that if Hyman is out, it'll be Drysaddle, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and, and Yamamoto on the power play. Like they they've they've given Puliarvi. Uh, Quite a few chances on the power play this season. He's just done nothing. So um, I think that they want to at least try uh, Yamamoto there. Like maybe, you know, if Yamamoto doesn't do anything in the first two or three power plays of the game, maybe they take him off and then put Pugliarvi on or something. But I think Yamamoto um, would get the first crack. It's just we don't know exactly what's going to happen here. And they're not anywhere as close to the same price point. Um, I think like the easiest thing you might be able to do is put Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman. Like, if you want to play Edmonton and you really want to get a top-line stack or a power play stack or whatever, I think the best thing you could probably do is go Dreisaitl, McDavid, Hyman. And then if Hyman's out, just make sure Hyman's in your utility. Um, just replace him with Ryan Nugent-Hawkins, right? Because at least, you know, they're, they're it's 900 apart. You might be leaving a little bit money of money on the table. Um, but at least that option is there to, you know, quick swap or late swap um, to Nugent Hopkins, who does get a lot of power play time with dry side only David. So I think that's what I would do if I were to stack the Edmonton top, top line. But um, 
we just uh, with Edmonton. So it's kind of tough to say exactly what they're going to do. But what I will say is that whether it's Hyman or whether it's Yamamoto, that Edmonton top line is deadly, right? Um, with Hyman there this year, 3.8 expected goals for uh, 6.4 actual goals, shooting 18%. Now 18% is a little bit high, but, um, you know, even if they're shooting uh, 12%, um, they would probably be still, you know, over four goals per 60 minutes, which is still really, really good. With Yamamoto there over the last few years, the numbers are actually pretty similar. 3.8 expected goals for 4.8 actual goals for uh, with Drysaddle and McDavid skating with Yamamoto. So uh, no matter who's playing there, I would have interest in that Edmonton top line. It's just how is how is that top line going to be constructed? We just don't know. So if you want to just put in Drysaddle and McDavid and move along, like I think that's fine. Um, you know, if I think you can take a gamble with Yamamoto, um, just realize if you do that and he's not on the top line, uh, you could be in tough for fantasy value because you don't want, you don't want to be rostering wingers from their second and third lines. Uh, if, uh, you know, especially where he, he's not guaranteed power play time. So yeah, I would just go dry side on McDavid and Hyman. And then if Hyman's out, uh, you place him with Nugent Hawkins and if Hyman's in, you just leave him. Um, it's not a bad matchup going up against the Edmonton top line either. Uh, Ovechkin, Strom, and Shiri. Um, they've only been about average defensively this year, which actually isn't that bad for an Ovechkin line. Usually um, they're considerably worse than that. Um, but that Edmonton top line has also been giving up chances. And Washington's top line, 3.3 expected goals for per 60 minutes. The problem is they're only shooting 5%. Um, Washington's actually one of the lowest scoring teams at five on five over the last uh, four weeks. Um, they've been really struggling to score. Uh, the caveat here is that Edmonton is one of the most penalized teams in the league. 3.9 times shorthanded this season per game. Um, I think that's second only to Arizona, uh, if not their third. So either second or third most uh, time shorthanded per game this season for the Oilers. And since TJ Oshie um, came back uh for Washington, they the power plays added about thirty percent of, of shot attempts uh, to what they were doing without Oshi. Like him being there really changes things for him. Like it's a lot of familiarity for Ovechkin and Carlson um, and Kuznetsov. When Kuznetsov is on that top power play, even though you know he's off and on, um, it is a little bit more familiarity. It's you know it's definitely an upgrade offensively over somebody like Sonny Milano. Um, you know Marcus Johansson's there now, but. Um, I don't mind, you know, some sort of Washington power play stack here. Like Ovechkin, Strom, Oshie, I think is a pretty decent stack that you can go with here that is pretty cheap as well. Um, you know, Ovechkin, Strom, uh, and Oshie coming in just a little over 15K as a three-man unit. Like I said, Edmonton really um, gives up a lot of power plays. The penalty kills not that good either. So, I almost kind of like the Washington side more here. Um, I don't really have a lot of interest in the second and third lines. Um, Eller and Marcus Johansson have been playing a little bit more than the Kuznetsov line of late, but it's been pretty equal. Um, Eller, Marcus Johansson, um, Anthony Mantha, not really that great um, offensively. Um, Kuznetsov and Oshie um, and Milano, like if you want to three-man stack them, I think that's fine because the Edmonton depth is pretty bad. But I think it would be some sort of Washington power play stack I'd honestly go with. Um, a, it's pretty cheap. Um, B, they might get a lot of opportunities here tonight. So, you know, not going to say don't play Edmonton. Um, you know, it's kind of like that Colorado thing where they're playing so many minutes. They're in play every single game, no matter who they're playing or what their prices are. Um, but considering ownership, uh, considering the pricing, I don't mind some sort of Washington power play stack here. Yeah. Which is like weird that i agree with you because i hate playing washington but i am on board here on the blue line john carlson keeps rolling along his price went down to 7k think he's fine uh martin fairberry got hurt he's going to be out for a while so i think trevor van reemsdijk is going to see a bump in minutes here nick jensen as well um on the edmonton side it, we have the barry bouchard dilemma again nurse is fine at 5k yeah, um, Nick Jensen was the guy that I was kind of looking at. He's been playing good minutes. Um, you know, he can get like that, you know, DK bonus plus an assist type game, um, get you like 12 or 13 
DK points and, and really pay off. And I think, you know, he's going to see reasonable minutes without Fairberry or Orlov in the lineup. So I do like Nick Jensen here. I agree on Carlson as well. Um, you know, if you like Washington power play stack, you probably have to like John Carlson as well. So um, if you don't want to play Washington uh, as a stack, I think just playing Carlson as a one-off is perfectly fine here. Um, on the Edmonton side, oh, God. I don't – honestly, it's it's really, really tough to what to do between Barry uh, and Bouchard. Um, Bouchard started uh, on the power play the last game, was replaced by Barry for the last couple power plays. So they've been going back and forth on the two of them. I Like, I don't have a good lean between either of them. So, like, I would just say would play whichever one um, you think is better. Like, obviously, in a nutshell, Bouchard should put up more peripherals, but Barry's actually been shooting a fair bit um, over his last few games. So, he's starting to get a little bit more involved, and he's playing, like, 21 minutes a game. So, I don't know. I guess I like Barry better, but I, like, just flip a coin. Like, the the Edmonton – even the Edmonton coaching staff doesn't know what to do with them. So, um, you know – uh, I would say good luck to anybody playing the Oilers defenseman here tonight. Yeah, for sure. You, if you have a lean, play him. So if you have never signed up for a stochastic NHL package, which I know a lot of you guys are just tune in for the show because it's free, we have a deal for you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. If, you, if you've never signed up, we can, you can get three days of NHL for free. Click the link in the description below. You get a risk-free three-day trial, and you get full access to everything NHL NHL has to offer Stochastic. You get projections, you get ownership, you get top stacks, you get rankings. Literally everything you need to have success at NHL DFS. Um, You get so many data and tools. You can test drive everything for free for three days. If you like it, you continue with the membership. If not, you have three days risk free. So if you've never had a stochastic NHL membership, click the link below in the description. Get three days for free. Two games left, about 10 minutes. Let's get to them. Arizona Coyotes, 2.3 total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames have a 3.8. Vimelka probable. Vladar confirmed. There is ever a get right for the Flames top line. This is tonight. There is ownership on all the lines for the Flames tonight. What are you doing with the Flames? Yeah, I'll just start real quick with Arizona. I don't think this is a game where I'm going to be running to the Yotes. Um, they messed up their entire power play setup in their last game. Um, Keller and Boy or Keller and Schmaltz um, are now on a power play with JJ Moser, um, which like I think Moser is a fine defenseman, but I would still rather just have four forwards plus Shane Goss to spare. I don't know why they got away from that. Um, just put Moser and Chikrin on the second power play unit. Like that's, you know, if you want to just put a single guy, why not put the best puck mover there? But that's neither here nor there, but it's a problem for me because, um, you know, Calgary does take a fair amount of penalties. Arizona's actually drawing about league average power plays per game. So it's not, and you know, Calgary's penalty kills really good, but it's not a terrible power play spot for Arizona. I think it might be now with JJ Moser there. So without, you know, kind of having um, the benefit of good special teams, um, especially where the like Schmaltz and Keller are over 5k now, like it's not super cheap um, to use them. I don't think this is a spot where I would be stacking the Yotes. Like if you want a one-off, I think what I would do is just one-off Lawson Kraus. Um, get, you know, he'll get a lot of that Kadri Manjipani lineup. Um, we talked on the last show, really porous defensively. Uh, giving up goals. Uh, Kraus is shooting now on power play one, you know, even though I just kind of trashed it. So I don't mind a one-off loss of Kraus here. Um, even a one-off Nick Bukestad if you want to really dig deep, but I'm not stacking anything from Arizona. On the Calgary side, um, we talked in Discord earlier today about Jonathan Huberto's struggles uh, with Calgary. They're not imaginary. I was looking at his scoring chance contributions that I referenced earlier. Um, he was at about, I think it was 10 and a half per 60 minutes last season. This season, he's at about six and a half, 6.8 or something like that. Like it's been a steep, steep drop off in his playmaking this year. Um, I think that's kind of reflected in, in the top line scoring for most of the season. Now they have been a little bit better of late generating a lot of shots. Um, they're going to get like third, fourth line, second, third, fourth line matchups, uh, against Arizona. Um, those lines are not that great defensively. The top line has been pretty good defensively. The rest haven't. So um, if I were to stack, three-man stack, anything 
It would be Huberto, Lindholm, and Toffoli. Arizona is the most penalized team in hockey, 4.4 times shorthanded per game. That's a full power play more than the league average that they're giving to the opponent. Um, so it's a pretty, yeah, it is a pretty good spot for that Calgary power play. All three guys on that top line, all in the top power play unit. So I do like Calgary one a lot here tonight. Our top two, our top stacks has them at pretty reasonable ownership at around 11%. Now that's because people are, are like you said, are playing the second and third lines as well. Um, I don't mind, uh, Backlund, Ruzicka and Coleman. Um, the problem is, is that they're going to be, they're getting a lot of ownership for a third line quote third line they have been getting some second line minutes and the Arizona top line has been pretty good defensively so um either full stack the top line or make it some sort of power play stack and throw in Nazem Kadri in there or something like that that's how that's how I'm treating the Flames here tonight yeah I agree let's get to the last game tonight quickly uh Montreal Canadiens 2.8 total heading into Vancouver Canucks have a 3.8 Montembeau Martin probable now, Brock Besser, Andre Kuzmenko's flip-flop spot. So, Besser is going to be playing with Patterson and Mikheyev. Didn't see if they ran sp- – I went to go look to see if they ran power play – or, yeah, power play units. I didn't see them. So, I would imagine Kuzmenko's still on the top power play unit. We just don't know. This is a good power play spot here. So, I'd probably stick with, like, Horvat, Miller, Patterson, those three guys. And another thing, like Quinn Hughes wasn't at morning skate. So if he's out, like Ekman Larson is going to run the power play unit. So another game with questions. And it's a 10.30 p.m. Eastern start. I do have some interest in the Habs top line as well. So I think both sides are in play here. Yeah, that's the problem with Quinn Hughes. It's like unless unless we get news that he's for sure in or for sure out, like there's no swap really to go from Hughes to, you know, OEL or whatever, unless, you know, you want to leave. Um, like what's Hughes, uh, 5,800 OELs, 3,200. Yeah. Um, you'd be leaving, you know, over 2k on the table, which you can do and you can win. You just don't want to do it. Um, so, you know, stochastic members check our discord to see, uh, if there are updates there. Um, I do like the Vancouver top line here again, Hoglander, Horvat and Miller. Um, I don't really like Bester on that second line with Pedersen. I was looking at their numbers over the last few years. A lot of time together, actually. Um, over 700 minutes of five on five, 2.7 goals four per 60 minutes, 2.7 expected goals four per 60 minutes. That's not, it's not that great. Um, you know, Montreal's defensive numbers have been sliding. Um, I think it's a fine matchup going into Anderson and Monaghan if, if that's the matchup the Vancouver second line gets, like pretty high event uh, line for Montreal. So I think Vancouver, too, with Besser there is fine to play. But Horvat and Miller have been playing really well with Hoglander. 2.9 expected goals for, only 1.9 against. 4.1 actual goals for. Miller and Horvat playing like 20, 21 minutes a game. Not super expensive. I know Horvat's over 7K, but Miller's very reasonably priced, at least on DraftKings. Um, so it is the top line or some sort of power play stack, like you said. Take you know If you want to pay up even more, like take out Hoglander, put in Pedersen, go double center or something like that. I agree. Um, you know, Montreal's penalty kill being saved by their goaltending over the last month, Montreal's penalty kill save percentage is 920. Um, you know, teams would like that. Some, there are team, a lot of teams that would like that just a five on five, let alone on the penalty kill. Um, that's going to eventually start falling through. So I really do like the Vancouver power play guys in this game, but I agree with you on the Montreal top line, um, coming in with pretty low ownership, like four or 5%, um, you know, the Vancouver top line has been better defensively with Hoglander there, but it's still a small sample. Um, I do like both top lines here, but um, I think I would just take uh, the Vancouver side, even if they come in a little bit higher on. Um, it's, I think it's just a better um, power play spot for them. Yeah, and the Habs announced that Savard's going to be out tonight, and he's a penalty killer, so. Yeah. For what you will. Talked about goalies a little bit here. We'll just recap. Who you like in a net? I mean, if Allmark starts, I think Allmark's my favorite goalie on the slate. I also do like Igor. Um, King Carl Vimelka, he's always in play for us no matter what. Um, and I'll throw in Spencer Martin on FanDuel. He's pretty cheap over on FD at home. So uh, don't mind Spencer Martin uh, for Vancouver if you're playing on FanDuel. Yeah, I agree with that. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I'm really going out on a limb here. Travis Konechny. Oh, yeah. We like it. We like it. I'm going to go. Man, I don't know who I'm going to go here. I'm going JT Miller. I like it. Hopefully, uh, because I think I'm going to end up playing Vancouver here tonight. So hopefully you're right. 
yeah, I haven't. I was I had a GPP lineup set, but all this news has kind of changed that. So I'll go back and analyze what I'm doing. Make sure to check out the links in the description for the promos that we read. That'd be great. We are busy this week. We'll be with you every day this week. So look forward to that. I know you guys love seeing my face and Cliffy's face every day. It's the best part of your day. Don't lie to yourself. But for Cliffy, I'm your host, Josh Harris. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you in Discord. And remember, you can sign up for that three-day free trial. And we'll see you there. Good luck, Good luck everybody. everybody. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.